Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. We're going to go over the undrafted free agents. We should have done this earlier in the week. I've been jammed with work and different things of that nature. So today we're going to get into the undrafted free agents. We're going to go over five guys that we think might have maybe the best chance to make this roster. It'll still be an uphill battle for these guys, but we're going to go over the first five guys that Chris Ballard signed as undrafted free agents. And the Colts do have the longest streak in the National Football League of 22 consecutive years where an undrafted free agent has made the roster. And that does not include a player who was undrafted, let's say like Jack Doyle in 2013. It doesn't count in 14, 15, 16. Each year, the Colts have had a rookie undrafted free agent make the roster for 22 consecutive years going on a quarter century Rodrigo Blankenship extending that streak last year the rookie kicker out of Georgia when you look at this roster there's not a lot of holes there's not a lot of spots where depth is going to be addressed with undrafted free agents the only position we know the Colts are going to add between now and and training camp are now in the first week of September is a starting left tackle. You're not going to get that with these undrafted free agents. So the streak is in jeopardy of coming to an end, a very impressive long streak of 22 years. But each and every year, Chris Ballard's here. It's going to be tougher and tougher and tougher for sixth and seventh round picks to make this roster, let alone the undrafted free agents. But we're going to get into them nonetheless. And we're going to start off with a wide receiver, Tyler Vaughns out of USC. He's six foot one, 185 pounds, played with Michael Pittman Jr. So he has a connection there, a friendship there with Michael Pittman Jr., the first guy we're going over. Wide receiver, Tyler Vaughns out of USC. Yeah, he's 6'1", 185, does everything well, nothing great. Very consistent at USC, had a great 2019, 74 receptions, 912 yards with six touchdowns. So he's a talented guy, a productive guy, solid route runner with good awareness and uses the sideline well, has really solid separation skills. And uh, he's actually a really good receiver. I don't know if he's capable of making this team. But I thought he would get drafted. I I did think he would get drafted. So it's kind of a a shock that he was available. Despite being 6'1", though, he's not a red zone weapon. Not great with with contested catches. Uh, He's got inconsistent hands. And probably the biggest thing is he ran 4'6'2 in the 40, which is, for his size, not great. So that's probably why he he didn't get drafted is just his athletic traits aren't aren't really off the – you know, they're kind of just average, below average. So – But I do think this kid's capable of making an NFL roster. I just don't know if it's ours. The next guy we're going to talk about, Tyreek Black, another wide receiver out of Texas. He's 6'3", 217 pounds. So another receiver. You have Michael Strong coming in in the seventh round, a small school Division II guy out of Charleston. Then you have Tyler Vaughns as an undrafted free agent, and you also have Tyreek Black out of Texas. Yeah, he started his career at Michigan, then he transferred to Texas. He's got good size, good athleticism, ran four or five, got a 40-inch vert. So he's got some he's got some traits, good acceleration, gets to full speed very quickly, really physical after the catch, solid vertical threat. He uses physicality to get off the press and stack corners. Once he gets the ball in his hand, he, he can uh, he can really do some damage. He's got reliable, strong hands and a very high character guy with a great work ethic. Some of the issues with him, he had injuries throughout college, broke his leg, excuse me, broke his right foot twice, was really kind of in and out of the lineup. 
uh, needs to learn to use his hands better and not let DBs get inside him. That's a that's a thing that he, he has a little bit of trouble with. He loses his footing a ton, so he's, his coordination isn't the greatest. Sometimes his 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 arms and legs cause him to get off balance and, and, and not be on balance, and that causes him to lose his footing, which isn't great. And then the biggest thing with this kid is he just wasn't productive in college. Four years, 23 games, 50 receptions, 747 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that's not great. So his production wasn't good. I think they took a shot on him based just on his traits. Like I said, he's got good size, six foot three, runs four five, but uh, he just didn't put a lot on tape in college. And he definitely dealt with a lot of injuries. So when you look at these first two receivers, you you can clearly see what the what the reasons were. With with Vaughn's, it was uh, you know four six and the forty inconsistent hands. With this guy, it was injuries and production. So you, when you get these UDF UDFAs, you can pretty much look at their stats, but you can also look at the film and see why they weren't drafted. It's the speed on film, uh, you know, and then the injuries and all that stuff. It plays into it. And that's it's a lot of the reasons some guys get don't get drafted. Injuries play a huge role because you're not going to draft a guy that's already got a, a super, you know, a super long injury history because it's the best predictor of future is past. So I think that's the biggest thing with Tariq, just the injury issues and just not being very productive in college. I mean, he went to two good schools, but he just didn't do much on film. The next guy we're going to talk about is running back Deion Jackson from Duke. He's 5'10", 220 pounds. And what's so intriguing about this undrafted free agent is the fact that the Colts gave him a $45,000 signing bonus. Why did they give him that big signing bonus? Well, obviously they liked the player and they wanted the player and there was competition to sign this guy as an undrafted free agent. So they go above and beyond. And at the time of this signing, he was the highest paid undrafted free agent. He got the highest signing bonus at the time. So the Colts obviously wanted to bring him in. They really liked him. But when you think about the running back room in Indianapolis, it's a jam-packed room. You have Jonathan Taylor coming back, who will have a chance next year to compete with Derrick Henry for the rushing title. You have Marlon Mack coming back. He ran for over 1,000 yards two years ago before tearing his Achilles last season. So he'll be back. Hopefully he can return to form. He's your number two running back. You have Naheem Hines and all the things he brings to the table as a Swiss Army knife offensively. You can line him up in the slot. You could do so many different things with him. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. And then Jordan Wilkins, who's been a really, really great at times third or fourth running back on this team. Which brings up the question, how does Deion Jackson make this team? How does he crack that running back room when you have those four guys unless Jordan Wilkins were to be traded at some point this offseason? So an intriguing guy, the third guy we'll talk about, Deion Jackson, running back, Duke. Yeah, I I think this guy for sure has the best chance of these guys that we're going to talk about to make the team because of what you said. They paid him 40 grand to sign. I really think he could be a replacement if we aren't able to re-sign Naheem Hines because he's five, he's 5'10", 220, runs 4'3". He's, sol- he's got a solid frame, all-around skill set, very smooth. He's got extensive you know, experience. He played extensively for three years. He's a one-cut-and-go runner who can break free quickly and take it to the house. Very productive, durable, not a lot of tread on the tire. I mean, they, they, they used a multi-back system there, so he's – he doesn't have as much tread as some of these guys that are the bell cow for their college. Runs with power, has solid vision, reads blocks well, and like I said, great speed. Ran four three two. 
willing blocker and a willing special teams player. The last part of that is huge. I, I think they could look at this guy as a kickoff returner or somebody, you know, somebody that can make a big difference on special teams as well as on the offense. As far as the things I saw as a drawback, he's not very experienced as a receiver. Never really took the next step at Duke. It was kind of the same player all three years. And he's more of an effective and spurts guy, which is kind of like Naheem Hines. This is not going to be a guy that you're going to play extensively for a whole game. He's more effective in sub packages. And probably the biggest issue with this kid is he's a fumbling machine. I mean, he fumbles the ball so much. He's got to get that fixed. That's probably one of the reasons he didn't get drafted because he's other than that. I mean, he's solid production. Uh, he's everything you want in a player. He's a hard worker, all that stuff. You know, Scotty Montgomery's going to have to help him with the fumbling issues because that is a big time problem with this kid. That is a huge, and obviously they think they can fix it because they paid him the, the, the you know, the highest at the time, I think, amount of money to sign. So they like this kid and they think they can fix it. I think he's got a great shot to make the team. I really do. And uh, I think out of these five guys, He's got the most talent, and he can make the biggest impact. So for me, I like this guy. I watched him in college absolutely destroy Syracuse three years in a row. I think he's a talented kid, and I'm, I'm interested to see what their plans are for him because obviously they have plans for him. And the final two undrafted free agents we're going to get to are a pair of linebackers. The first guy, Isaiah Kafusi, BYU. He's six foot two, 220 pounds. Yeah, he's highly experienced, good character guy, plays hard. He started for two and a half years there. He's really good in zone coverage, has good instincts, has really good recognition skills, was a respected team captain, and we know how much Chris Ballard values that. Uh, he improved every year. Like I said, super intelligent player, very good blitzer, and solid special teams contributor. The issues with this guy, he's got a slender frame, very limited strength conservative the way he plays he's not aggressive he can't get off blocks struggles to tackle consistently stays blocked once they, a, a guy engages him he can't get off the block below average athlete and just not athletic enough or physical enough to make it in the league so this would be the one guy I know they like his intangibles and his attitude and all that stuff I would be shocked if this guy makes the roster and the final guy we're going to talk about is linebacker Anthony Butler. He's a six foot one, two hundred twenty five pound linebacker from Liberty. Yeah, he started his career at Charlotte, transferred to Liberty. Liberty was really good last year at a top twenty five team. He was a big part of that. I saw him play when they played the Qs in the Dome and uh, killed us. And he played really well. Very very talented kid. Very productive player. Played the mic for them last year. Again, a high character guy. Good versus the run. Aggressive. Solid in coverage, just a good all-around player, plays downhill. The Colts really like aggressive downhill backers, and this that's what this guy is. Plays 100% all the time, really high-effort player. So he's a Colt. I mean, he's got all the traits the Colts look for as far as character stuff and, and the way he plays the game. I'm just not sure he's athletic enough playing at Liberty and Charlotte. He didn't play the strongest competition. He ran 4-9 in the 40, which for a linebacker is very slow. So I'm not sure he's athletic enough. They, they love athletes at their linebacker spots. And, and the Colts right now, if you look at their linebackers, all those guys are super athletic. Zaire, Darius, Okariki, EJ, all those guys ran, I think, four, five, four, six. And this guy runs four, nine. So I just don't think he's athletic enough to make the team. But I do think they like a lot of his character. 
his effort, and uh, I think he'll fight. I mean, you, you bring a guy like this to push the other guys, and I think you'll definitely get that out of, out of Butler. But I just don't see him having the physical capabilities to be an NFL player, at least not on this roster. Yep, and that brings up the question, do any of these five guys make the Colts 53-man roster in September? We have a 22-year streak going of an undrafted free agent rookie making the Colts 53-man roster. Personally, I think this is the year it comes to an end. Ballard's added so much depth, so much competition up and down this roster. I think it's going to be very difficult. And every year Ballard's here, it's going to become more and more difficult for 6th and 7th round picks to make this roster, let alone undrafted free agent rookies. Now, making the practice squad, finding your way into the roster at some point during the season... That's a different story. Making another team's 53-man roster, another story. But as far as making the Colts 53-man roster, unless we were to trade Jordan Wilkins, then I could see Deion Jackson making it. Or if we were to suffer injuries over the summer in training camp in the preseason, then again, of course, I could see an opportunity for one of these guys to make the roster. But they're going to come in, they're going to compete, and if they make this roster... They're going to have earned their spot on this roster. And that's what it's all about. That's what Chris Ballard preaches. That's what Frank Reich preaches. It's competition, competition, competition. So if any of these guys make this roster, they will have earned that spot. And then God bless them. Welcome to the National Football League. You earned your spot on this roster. But personally, right now, I'm leaning towards a no. I don't think we see an undrafted free agent make this roster. I think this is the first time in 23 years we don't see an undrafted free agent rookie make this roster. So I'm leaning towards no, but the competition's there. These guys are being brought in for a reason. We've seen Ballard in other years sign more than five guys, or I think we have signed somebody since. But we've seen Ballard sign, I think, 10, 11, 12 undrafted free agents at a time. Not the case this year. So it's a smaller group which means he obviously sees something in these guys. And if you don't make the roster, it's not the end of the world. You can still make the practice squad, and there's still 31 other teams out there, and most teams not as deep as the Colts for these guys to have an opportunity to go out, compete for as well, and see themselves on another 53-man roster to start the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a, the best guess. For me, I, I just I don't think the Colts go out of their way to, to really sign Deion Jackson unless they have a plan for him. And I, and I think a lot of NFL teams liked him. Obviously, many were vying for him because the Colts would have never paid him as much as they were as they did if there weren't other teams in the mix. So I think he's got the best chance. I think he does make it. I think you're going to see a trade of probably Jordan Wilkins or maybe just an outright release. I don't know. But the Colts clearly don't really like him very much based on the way they've kind of gone away from him and the way they didn't really use him. Uh, when Max been injured in the past, they went to Heinz a lot more. So I think that's probably what happens with with Wilkins. I, um, I think Vaughn's has got the second best chance based on the fact that he was so productive in 19. Like he's he's proven that he can play at a high level at a you know legendary institution. USC is one of the best college football programs in the nation. It's been that way for a long time. 2019 when he hit Pittman he had I think 75 catches almost so he's he's a uh he's a talented player I think he's got a shot I don't I would put it certainly at less than 50 percent but I do think he has a shot because of the competition he played and the production but for me I think Deion Jackson's the guy if any of these guys make it I think it's him I would definitely give him the best chance but Luke you you, you make a good point I mean if you're looking at production and you're looking at the way these guys have played and already shown out in the NFL, I mean, 
For a long time, Jordan Wilkins had an over five yard per carry average in his entire NFL career. I don't know what it is now, but I know it's a little lower than that. But that's insane. And that's the guy that would go probably. So, you know, it's probably 50-50, honestly, and more likely on probably more not likely than somebody making the team is, you know, not nobody making it. So, but I just, I just think they, they see something in Jackson. I think that's, that's why they signed him. And uh, I think he's got the best chance. And in the end, I think they're probably going to keep him. Yeah. And history is definitely on your side. 22 consecutive years with an undrafted free agent rookie making the Colts 53 man roster. I think it stops here. I think there's too much talent on this roster. I think competition's great. I think bringing these guys in is great and it's a great opportunity for them to get their name out there. Even if they don't make this roster, you still have the practice squad. You still have other teams that scout the preseason where you might find yourself onto another team's opening day roster where you're on a 53 man roster to start the season in September. So you never know. Competition, never a bad thing. You bring in as many guys as possible. You let them compete for the spots that are available. The next podcast we have, we still have to get to our draft grade, the way too early draft grade. We do it every year, Jason and myself. So we'll be back together later this week to get to that. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Guys, keep it locked. We still have a couple more things to get to with the draft. We have another Q&A coming out as well. So keep it locked right here on the For the Culture Podcast.